Welcome to this episode of the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. The mission of the Greenville Oaks Church of Christ is to inspire people to follow Jesus because we are convinced that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Find out more about Greenville Oaks or connect with us online at greenvilleoaks.org. Church, you can have a seat. Our world and our lives have changed. Yet in the midst of all this change, our mission, our vision, and our calling remain the same. Greenville Oaks remains focused on the mission to inspire people to follow Jesus because we're convinced that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. We want to be a church that not only cares for our members, but also cares about our community because this mission and vision is larger than our building. So we're rolling out our new community focus. This is not just a response to the pandemic. But is our long-term initiative for serving our community. It's called For Collin County. So we invite you to join us this March as we truly step out of our church to be a church that is for Collin County. Let's all step out of our comfort zones and into our communities. Let's be a church that truly loves our neighbors, has an impact on our cities, and loves all people for Christ. Let's be a church for Collin County. Good morning. It's good to see you. Uh, That little parade of children out the door, that's one of the great looks. That's a great thing to see. Uh, I think you ought to be proud of all your kids. And uh, for some of you who... uh, who survived uh, the service for the first 49 minutes, holding all those kids, I'd like to congratulate you too. That was, that was very good. Yeah, very good. Um, really, really sweet. This, um, this notion of being a doing good church, remind you we started that out of Titus a couple of Sundays ago. And the last week we spent a little time with the Good Samaritan story. And and today I'm going to do a preaching mashup because there are two things that go together, I think, two things that go together that I want to talk about before next Sunday, which will be the last Sunday of the Doing Good series. So I want you to let me do this. And like, what are you going to do? I'm driving the bus. But we will uh, enjoy this, I think. In Mark chapter 1, Jesus does a lot of things. Mark starts out the ministry of Jesus with a bang. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Any questions? Just starts out that way. And then beginning in verse 40, Mark writes this. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing. Be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him and he was cured. Now, Jesus sends the man away with a strong warning saying, don't tell anybody, but if you've been a leper and suddenly you're not, 
it's kind of hard to keep that quiet. And so he tells a bunch of people and people come out to follow Jesus and Jesus has to redirect his ministry to get around those post-leper crowds. But there's something going on here that is important for us this morning. And, and I want you to hear it because you get to learn a, a word um, so that I can violate almost all of my rules of preaching by using a Greek word out loud. But it's a fun one. Splunkna. You just got to love that. Somebody in the first service said, I, I thought that was German. Um, no, but splunkna. And, and this is a word that is used here and it's translated uh, compassion or pity. Uh, the first century world sort of had a structure in humans that you, you thought with your heart and you felt with your innards, with your gizzard. You, you, you felt down through here. And so you had that King James Version uh, phrase, bowels of mercy. I used to, when people would talk about that, once I figured out what bowels were, that it wasn't A-E-I-O-U, once I figured that out, and, and then I thought maybe you shouldn't talk about bowels in church. But since they were of mercy, I guess it was okay. That kind of saved them for church. But here, splunkna is what's being translated, and it means this feeling you get out of your core, this visceral response, this fleshly response to something that's going on and it is leading you to notice and be compassionate, to feel pity in your heart for what's going on. When you saw the, the orphans in the root cellar and you knew that they were under bombardment there in the Ukraine, you did not have a first intellectual response to that picture. You felt it here. You felt it in your splunkna. And what I want to tell you is that when we are being a doing good people, the good that we are meant to do will be a good that we often first notice in our innards before we ever get to think about it in our brain. That our, the good that we need to do is a reflex that we have to noticing what's going on around us. There's a book I like called Leadership and Self-Deception. In it, it talks about um, how people often miss the opportunity to do good. Because the premise is, if you wait to do good, you won't do it. And, and the, the guy in the book gives this uh, illustration. Um, it sounds to me, it has the ring of truth. There's a guy and he's married and he and his wife have a baby and it's night and the baby is asleep in the other room and he and his wife are asleep there and suddenly the baby cries. And the guy wakes up and he hears the baby crying and he thinks, I should go take care of the baby. But he doesn't. Instead, he thinks, the mother 
of that baby is right there. I don't know if the mother of that baby is awake. What kind of mother doesn't awaken at the cry of her child? Or maybe she's possuming. Is she secretly awake? What kind of woman, what kind of wife would be secretly awake, letting her baby cry, knowing her baby needed her help? She's not a good mom. In fact, she's not a very good wife. I've got things to do in the morning. She should know that. I need my sleep. I'm a good person, and I, I need to have a good wife, and obviously I don't. And so the po point is, is that because he did not do the good he felt to do, the splankna that woke him up, he didn't do it. Then he began a process of demonizing the other person and idealizing himself. The more he didn't do it and the more he thought about it, the better he got and the worse she became. And in that, the people who write the book says, the man is self-betrayed. And so what we want to talk about this morning is, is this disability that Jesus has to feel what is in him to do and to do it without having a committee meeting of the, the head of the, the apostles and, and maybe some of the other folks that are around. What? Now it's okay to have a meeting. It's okay to do that. But our greatest need is to act when we feel the urge to act. Some of us who are inclined to think about things, spiritual matters maybe, not to say too much about our gloriousness, are not afraid to say that sometimes the Holy Spirit will move in you not just sparking a thought, but giving you an electric prod in your gut, drawing you to the very thing you should do. Now I want to add to that another text. And this is from Acts chapter 3. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention expecting to get something from them. It's going to be a good day for this man because they're going to say, we don't have silver and gold, but what we have, we will give you in the name of Jesus Christ. Walk. 
And pretty soon he's walking and in a little bit they're preaching and, and it says that the man who had been crippled is standing with them, Peter and John, my best buds. But all of it began with an interchange that involved truly seeing and being seen and going forward into a different future. This past week, Annette and I were reading a piece called Learning How to Look by Michael Downey. And in it, he says, there are three moves in learning how to look at others. The first is for us to look at them and actually see them. Now, the transaction in uh, giving of alms is often a transaction that is done without any interaction. Some of you have been on the streets. Uh, I was raised in El Paso. So if you went to Juarez, you would see people on the streets. I'm, Buenos Aires, I've seen people on the streets. In Moscow, I've seen people on the streets. Sometimes people are on the streets. And the interaction is there's a person here that's begging. The person walking by can sort of see them out of the periphery. There's a basket, a pan, a uh, whatever is there. And, and the, the interaction is I walk by, I put my hand in my pocket and I drop. And this person who may have noticed I was coming says as I'm leaving, thank you, perhaps. But there's nothing actually given. The person walking by gave nothing of himself. The person receiving was not able to give an actual response and life goes on. If we are in the Mark 1 world where our, our, our life is responding, our innards are responding, then we are going to be like Peter and John who when we see the man, we stop and we actually see him. He is not a thing. He's not a problem. He's a person. We see him. In Austin, some people said we had a homeless problem. Those of us who were in the All God's Children ministry at University Avenue Church believed we had a homeless we had homeless people. We didn't have a homeless problem. The people, flesh and blood, stories, experiences. And the first responsibility we had was to see them. And then Downey says the second responsibility is to be willing to be seen. And you see it here in the story that the person who's moved to act because his innards demand that he act before he talks himself out of it. This person says, look at me. Look at me. You're a person. I want you to see me not just as a vendor of coins. I want you to see me as a person who's standing here with you. 
I want you to see me as one present to do you good. I want you to see me. I want you to look in my face. I want you to see I am not perfect. I want you to see the weathered lines in my face. I want you to know me as a person. Peter and John, look at us. And then the third move is that then the two people who have seen each other then turn to face the future together. Now in our life of giving good gifts to those who are around us, who are in need, not all those gifts and not all that giving creates lifelong friendships. But it should produce something of a walk together for at least a while. Something of a walk together for at least a while with a family whose baby is dying. A walk along for at least a while with a family who has been scared that their baby is going to suffocate and now somebody has given them an alarm and you walk along with that. We are not detached from the good that we are called to do. We are joined by the good we're called to do with the people who are receiving the good that is the gift of God through us to them. It is a great and marvelous gift. So what I want to challenge you to do this week, I want, you, I want to challenge you to see if you are in touch with your innards. You know, that, that part of you that feels is when you hear somebody sing flat. That part of you that goes, Ugh, when you walk into a room and a picture is hung crooked. That part of you that, well, you know, that's the part of you that sometimes the Holy Spirit will poke when it's time to act. And when it's time to act, take your whole self Receive the whole self of the one who's in need. Then walk with the one with whom you've shared life and blessing into the future that God is preparing. This is being a doing good person and a doing good church. Don't wait. Christ, we do all adore Thee, and we do praise Thee forever. Christ, we do all adore Thee, and we do praise Thee forever. For on the holy cross hast thou the world from sin redeemed.
Christ, we do all adore Thee, and we do praise Thee forever. Go. Do the good. Do the good. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this message from the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. We hope this message helps you to inspire people to follow Jesus because you're convinced, like we are, that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Connect with us on Instagram. You can find and follow us there at Greenville Oaks. Discover more about the Greenville Oaks Church online at greenvilleoaks.org.